Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. We are back after an unexpected hiatus. I mean, you've just been busy. We didn't didn't need to not record an episode last week, but... um, It just didn't work uh, out in the end. Yeah, yeah. We've also both been having an odd lack of time to watch games, so it brings up me. Um, for context, I at least am in the middle of my travel season for work, so um, I am coming to you live from I-95. Uh, yeah, so just know that we're doing everything possible to you, for you to get this episode to you. Um, I'm sitting on my bed again, but uh, school has been very busy, so... <laughs> We will be, we will get back hopefully onto a more consistent schedule, um, but thank you for bearing with us. Um, we will speak briefly today on both the Premier League and the Champions League as we both watched a total of how many games combined? Like three. So we're doing great. Yeah. If you count the ones I listened to, I, I listened to all, all the Champions League games on Tuesday, but yes, I watched Holy City. Yeah, so I have watched um, one singular game, which was the replay of uh, the Arsenal Premier League game. So bear with me. That's all I got to say. Should we uh, get get it rolling with the Premier League from this weekend? Yeah, let's get it rolling. You're going to have to run through the scores because I am busy. Yes, because <laughs> we do not want you to crash. Alrighty, we are going to start. Which started when? What's the question? September 30th. Saturday. All right. So, um, wow, Jesus. Um, Brighton lost to Aston Villa 6 1. Um, That's surprising to me. It it is, but it's one of those. uh, Brighton has faced a little bit of a dip. Um, They lost. They've lost a couple recently, um, and Aston Villa does seem to be on an upward trend. It's funny. I watched Aston Villa play over the summer uh, when they were in the U.S., and I remember thinking that they looked very dangerous in preseason, but then when they started off the season, they kind of dipped a little bit. It looks like they're kind of finding some of that danger again, um, that they that they looked like they might have. Ollie Watkins, I believe, scored a hat trick, if I'm correct. I can tell you. Fact check that for true. me. This is an accurate statement. Great. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. For my memory. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he's getting going, which is very good for Aston Villa's sort of ability to score goals um, and things like that. So they are, this is a really good win for them. We've, I mean, we've talked about Brighton a handful of times. Uh, Brighton is, is one of my favorite teams still in the Premier League to watch. So yeah. um, I will say that Ansu Fati got their one goal. Yes. So. I'll be... I'll be interested to see how Brighton and Deserby uh, sort of bounce back from a loss of that caliber. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> I expect that they will be able to, but we shall see. Okay, um, I'm going to skip past Arsenal, as I always do, um, and would like to announce with very big fanfare that Luton Town has won their first game. Indeed. And, of course, it's against Everton. I would just like to say I think that's hilarious. Um, it is hilarious. But good job, um, Moral of the story. Moral of the story, Everton still sucks. Yep. I mean, look, is it going to be their year to get relegated? We say it every year. 
somehow they don't. I think I think this I think this year might really be the year, though. I really do think so. I I really do think so. They were they really almost did last year, and I do think it might be this year. They um, really scrape it by the skin of their teeth, like third times the charm. You know what I mean? Like you can't scrape by by the skin of your teeth three times yeah, in a row. That's some, ridiculous. At some point, at some point, luck can't be on your side anymore, and like reality has yeah. to ch- check in. So we shall see. Um, moving on, Crystal Palace beat Man United, which to me is just funny. Um, yeah, I hate United. Um, and we'll talk. We'll talk about United uh, a little bit more in the Champions League um, as well. But yeah. Yes. Um, Newcastle beat Burnley two zero. West Ham beat Sheffield two zero. Um, I'm gonna skip the City game, and we will say Spurs beat Liverpool two one. Do we want to speak to the controversy that has Klopp being Klopp on all levels? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think we have to at least a little bit. Honestly, I feel like there's really like controversy is, I guess, the word for it. But I don't think anybody really disagrees about yeah, the true. egregiousness of what happened. Um, I'm sure you were all aware of the VAR offsides decision that went against Liverpool in the Spurs Liverpool game this weekend, um, in which Luis Diaz was called offside uh, on the field and VAR. Uh, didn't understand what they were supposed to be checking. And so miscommunication between the on-field officials and the VAR uh, resulted in there being a miscommunication and the goals, uh, you know, being called off when it really should have stood. Um, Here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is an egregious error. There's really no arguing that. Everybody knows it should have stood as a goal. Yep, I agree. Flop has called for a replay of the game. Um, it's not going to happen. He knows it's not going to happen um, because quite simply, like as soon as we start replaying games for controversial decisions, then and yes, this one is egregious, but everybody's going to want to ha- replay the game. And like, we just can't be doing that. Like that no. being said, this is just yet another example of how poor the officiating is in England and it clearly is an officiating problem, not a VAR problem because this type of thing just doesn't happen anywhere else. And everybody is using VAR and we do not have this level of ridiculousness happening in other places. And so at some point we need to address the ref. We're having a refereeing crisis. That's what's happening. There is a refereeing crisis. So what do we do about it? I don't know. Do we need to invest more in grassroots refereeing? Do we need to bring in referees from other countries? Like, I don't know what the answer to the problem is, but the problem is not actually with VAR. It's with referees. Agreed. And I think at the end of the day, uh, we've talked a number of times about how rules need to be rewritten. um, And I definitely think there needs to be something in there about protocol for checking VAR. The, the, there should be a, a, a verbal sort of acknowledgement on both ends of what VAR is supposed to be checking, not just a simple like, okay, checking, check complete. Like, we don't want that. We want the on-field referees should say, goal called off on the field, VAR check. And yeah. VAR should say, checking for offsides, he's not offsides, goal should stand. Yeah, That's what the conversation should be, right? And if the conversation was that, there wouldn't have been a mistake. 
the, it was the fact that there was no, and it wasn't until after play had re restarted that they realized it. There also should be something in place uh, for what to do if, if they immediately realize there's been a miscommunication of some kind and the, the correct decision was not properly communicated to the on-field yeah. officiating team. There should be... So what I think should come out of this whole mess is protocols for these sorts of things. Protocols for how on-field officiating, the on-field officiating team should be communicating with VAR and for what should happen specifically, what's the protocols if something like this were to occur where the uh, officiating team, the VAR immediately realizes that the on-field officiating team has, mis has misunderstood yeah. something that they meant to say. Yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. That being said, uh, yeah. I think that's kind of all we can expect to come from it. I have one thing. I forget the name off the top of my head of the referee in question, but PGMOL has said that he will not be refing any Liverpool games the rest of the year. I think that's goofy because either – because I don't think this was – like, this didn't happen to Liverpool because it was Liverpool. It ha It was – yeah. It was really irrelevant who the teams on the field were. It was literally a miscommu a, a very egregious miscommunication between the two refereeing groups. Right. Um, so it had nothing to do with Liverpool in of itself. Either what's his name, whoever the referee is that I can't remember right now. I want to say it's Darren England, but that might be wrong. So I don't want to slander his name. I could not um, tell you. But either he's fine and he's able to referee and so he can referee all 20 teams or he's not fine and if he can't referee Liverpool why should he be able to referee any of the rest of us yeah he's just gonna do the same damn thing to someone else and everyone's gonna be like oh right. well, so you know, if, if the problem is with if the problem was with the referee then he should be if he's at fault if we're holding him at fault then he shouldn't be able to referee any of us why is it only Liverpool I don't know man that's my that's yeah, no, my I... sort of biggest gripe I with what has with come out as a yeah. result from this. I think there simply have to be protocol sort of changes um, yeah, I agree. as a result of this. I don't know exactly when and well, uh, when and how they will happen, but I anticipate that. I, I feel like this season in general is going to be a little bit of a catalyst um, for VAR and for the use of VAR by English referees and just for the general quality of English refereeing. Um, because yeah. I feel like it has been so much more sort of like talked about this year. I mean, we've always sort of talked about refereeing and stuff like this, but we're like, um, what we're what six weeks into the season, and yeah. we've talked about there's been something egregious every week. Yeah. So I feel like we might be at a sort of you know a catalyst moment for English refereeing, and like honestly, I feel like we we can't get any worse. Like it, it literally can't good, get any. That's a good way to think about it. We we really probably the yeah the Premier League really probably cannot get any worse. So like, I don't see how it could get worse. Like I, it's it's already as bad as I could fathom it being. So um, I guess we'll we'll just have to see where it goes from here. Um, I would not be upset if this was a catalyst for a ref like a sort of reformation of English refereeing. Yeah, uh, but I don't know that that's going to happen. We're just going to have to kind of see. But I think everybody, clubs, players, coaches, fans, everybody is kind of fed up with it. Um, and everyone's kind of at a, at a enough is enough kind of situation. So we'll just kind of have to see where it goes from there. But that's that's my two cents on the Liverpool sort of VAR situation. Yep. Um, yeah. Sounds about right. Um, I will hold off on the 
two games. Do you want to I'll hold off on City and Arsenal and move to Sunday and Monday and Tuesday? What? Okay. Well, they played they played some of the delayed games, like Luton's games that were delayed. Yeah. Um, okay, so there, only, there was only one game on Sunday, which was a tie between Nottingham Forest and Brentford, 1-1. Um, nice. Chelsea beat Fulham on Monday. And then... They finally scored a goal. <laughs> they scored two. Look at that. Well, Mudrick, Mudrick scored his first goal for Chelsea. I know that. Um, yes, he did. That's just funny. Um... And then Luton lost to Burnley 1-2 on Tuesday, which was the made-up game that they had to play at home now that they have a functioning stadium. Um, that rounds it out, except for our teams. I will speak briefly on Arsenal, and you can brief then speak on City. Um, yep. Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal did what they should do against Bournemouth. Um, which honestly, everyone's like, oh yeah, whatever. But honestly, like this is a game Arsenal would lose. Like in all honesty, let's be like serious. I feel like we lost to Bournemouth last year. Or no, we couldn't have lost to Bournemouth. Anyway, ignore me. Um, we won 4-0. We looked decent. We saw some injuries and things, but then everyone played who I thought was injured. So we'll get into this in the Champions League. But I, we're, we're, I don't know. I'm not really sure what Arteta's doing, and I feel like he probably could have rested people against a team like Bournemouth, and then he didn't. And now I just feel like people are starting to get more injured. Um, but I mean, there's not much to say about this game except that we just dominated. We looked good. Um, we looked on top form, how you would want to see us. Um, and I am pretty, pretty pleased. Um, the one thing I will say, so we had two goals that were penalties um and just want to say normally Saka or Odegaard takes our penalties they've been like randomly switching off this season um but for the second penalty um of that game Odegaard and Saka gave it to Kai Havertz so that he could score his first goal Havertz has been struggling at Arsenal but I think the hope is is that with this goal he might be able to like I don't know get into a little bit of a rhythm and kind of have that weight off his chest. So that was just like a nice little moment. Okay, good. And I will also just say, I don't know if it was like the speakers or something on the match replay I replayed, but like the Arsenal away fans were freaking loud as all hell um, and really got behind Havertz. Um, And as much as everyone has been shitting on him, uh, it's just nice to see. And I mean, We'll be a better team if we can, you know, start getting the best out of him. So I, I can, I hope yeah. for that. Um, but that's kind of all I have to say about Arsenal, considering they looked good and solid, and they did, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about injuries when we talk about the Champions League. But do you want to talk about City real fast? Yeah, um, I actually kind of have my uh, my finger right on the pulse of what went wrong with City this weekend. Uh, City lost two one to Wolves. Um, they, uh, the, you know, their lone goal was scored from a brilliant Julian Alvarez, uh, free kick, uh, that tied up the game and then they ultimately, you know, lost. Um, but I can tell you exactly what the problem was. Uh, we don't have Rodri right now. Um, he's was suspended, uh, for three matches after his red card. Um, and then we had a number of players injured. They are now back. We'll, t- I'll talk about it when I talk about the Champions League, but, um, uh, a list of players who are injured for your consideration. Uh, Jack Raylish, Bernardo Silva, 
uh, Kevin De Bruyne, John Stones. Uh, Kovacic uh, played, uh, as did Grealish, came off the bench. But uh, here's the thing. Those players that I just mit, uh, mentioned, that I, that I said, uh, there are two types of City players, uh, in my opinion. There are creatives and there are controllers. The all of City's injuries are t- and their suspension are two City's controller players. So everybody on the field, Foden, Holland, uh, Doku, um, you know, uh, Nunez, uh, all those guys, Kyle Walker, um, all of those guys are creatives. And they are great. I love a creative player. But they are not controllers. So they don't control that, that, that sort of dominant city possession of like, we control the tempo of the game. We are in complete control. That kind of thing, that relies on their control players, their plaza players, so to speak. And none of those players were there in that Wolves game until the end. And so as great as Doku is, he's an electric creativity guy. Phil Foden is brilliant. Um, And he can do the control thing, but he can really only do the control thing when other people around him are doing the control thing. He is not going to be the calmness. He's not going to restore calmness to the creative group. No, yeah, Um, I know exactly what I mean. Foden is kind of Foden is kind of like he'll adapt to whatever the majority of people around him are doing. Um, yeah. And so what what happened in this game is that City just didn't have control. Um, it was and you know yes there were chances they, that Holland could have finished. He is on a bit of a drought. It happens. I'm not that worried about it. Um, yeah, I'll probably be out of the drought when they play Arsenal next week, so it's all fine. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. He'll snap out of it one of these days. Strikers have droughts. I'm I'm really not worried about it. But yeah. nonetheless. You know, there, yes, there were maybe some things that he could have finished or things that could have gone differently. But at the end of the day, like, I think it, it was really just a matter of, of and Rodri is the most important of those control players, right? Um, yeah. It was really just a matter of, of not having the control players. And I think you can really see it illustrated in this weekend's game versus the Champions League game, which I'll talk um, about a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, that's what went wrong, um, in my opinion. It just wasn't wasn't the right balance of creative versus control on the field. And, and it just wasn't happening for city that day. Yeah. Um, and it was funny too. I said, I said to my mom after the game, I was talking to her um, and I was like, city was on uh, first six games on beat. Right. Uh, yeah. Or always perfect. Uh, first six games of the, uh, of the league. And I said, and I said, honest to God, I'd rather break the streak losing to Wolves than losing to Arsenal. <laughs> Whether or not we beat Arsenal, you know, this weekend. Maybe you'll uh, which, lose to us again. You know, no, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Whether or not we beat Arsenal this weekend, I'd rather not the winning streak have been broken by Arsenal. Sure. Okay. That's valid, I guess. You hate Arsenal? For some reason? I guess because we're closer to you on points. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Well, just Arsenal fans are going to be a lot more annoying about it, like if they broke the winning streak, oh, than if they beat us and the winning streak was already broken. Look. Oh, I'm not saying it's annoying. right or wrong. I'm just saying that's how I feel. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't. I don't think it really. I think that's. Fine. Anyways. I think that's all I got. Okay. Um. Sounds good. That's all I've got, too. All right. 
Should we move along to the Champions League? Yes. I am pulling it up. Bear with me. Okay. I, have uh, I can talk about some some sort of notable things while um while you sort of pull up some ones that I can't remember off the top of my head. I've got um, them all now, so let me know. Okay, cool. So uh, I believe Union Union Berlin went up on two zero and they lost three uh, two to Braga, I believe. This is an is accurate statement. Good job. Nice. I love it. I love it when my memory is correct. Um, I believe, um, let's see. Uh, I listened to a bunch of the Tuesday games. So um, what was the other early game? I don't know, remember those all of that. There's no times on these now. Okay. So Just Berg, Real Sociedad is the other one that's up. Yeah, that's the, that was the other. Yeah, that was the other early one. Okay. Sociedad won, yeah? Yes, 2-0. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was the early two games. Um, and then the three o'clock slot or the three o'clock Eastern slot on, um, on sort of Tuesday was, uh, was the number one. I, I, we won't get to Arsenal just yet. I'll let you sort of, or I don't know if you want to talk about Arsenal. I know you don't watch it, but, um, I, I didn't we'll watch. We'll save Arsenal. We'll save Arsenal for a minute. Um, I derived significant amusement out of uh, Man United Galatasaray. Uh, yes. Galatasaray has never beaten Man United at Old Trafford, ever. Well, but, you know. And what did they do? They better beat, than ever. They beat Man United at Old Trafford in the Champions League. Not only did they beat them, they beat them 3-2. Rasmus Holland scored two goals. Um, they went up each time, and each time Galatasaray answered back. And then actually for the third goal, what happened was uh, Galatasaray uh earned a penalty kick. Casemiro was sent off with a second yellow card and Galatasaray had a penalty kick. Acardi, who I did not realize played for Galatasaray. I wouldn't have uh, car, uh, Also, by the way, while we're on the topic of people playing for Galatasaray, uh, Zaha plays for Galatasaray right now. He scored their first goal. Yeah, see, uh, how, how did we not know that? How did I, I don't know. know. I, I knew he went somewhere else, but I didn't know that it was Galatasaray. Anyway, he scored their first goal. Uh, Mario Cardi misses his penalty kick. He misses it. Like, doesn't doesn't get saved, like, misses it. Um, And then, like, four minutes later, scores the game winner. You know, sometimes karma really bites you in the back, man. You know, and I just, I just enjoyed that tremendously. Like, that was just just chef's kiss. I love it. I love watching Man United lose. I'm such a hater. It was so good. It was so great. Uh, big fan. Go Galatasaray. Um, I love it. And then Old Trafford, no less. Like, that's fucking brilliant. I'm I agree. so good. Yeah. Um, I listened to, what was it? Uh, Napoli. I think it was Napoli-Real Madrid. Yes, it was. Real Madrid squeaked yes, another one out. That was a really good game. Um, from what I was hearing, uh, very, very back and forth. Uh, it ended three two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta say Fede Valverde, the third goal goes in as an own goal of the goalkeeper, but it's Fede Valverde's goal. Um, it's an absolute rocket. Um, I think, I think Napoli's probably a little unlucky. Uh, they definitely could have scored more goals from what I, I was listening to the game, not watching it. So, um, I, I don't have an eye test to, to give you, but from what I was hearing, it sounds like Kovacalia was their best player, um, which is Os- Osman was a bit quiet 
from what I that's could what I actually tell. read that in something yeah so from what I could tell I was hearing a lot of Kovacalia and not a ton of Osman um but Jude Bellingham continues to just be an right. absolute fucking menace like no. I am it makes me so mad that he plays for Real Madrid like he's so good it pisses me off so much I know because like because what's particularly tough about it is because you like what is there to hate about Jude Bellingham other than the fact that he plays for Real Madrid like there's nothing to hate about him he's this he's like 20 years old and he's a fucking like adorable and he's so good and like doesn't seem to he doesn't run his mouth he doesn't act a fool on social media he seems to work really hard like he cares a lot about the game and about the fans like what are you gonna hate about this guy and I'm like I love you know I want to be a hater I want to be a hater at all times and I'm finding it it makes me so mad that I like can't be a hater of Jude Bellingham it makes me so mad (laughs) no I agree I am a easy. I'm a hater of the fact that I can't be a hater to, to Jude Bellingham. He's fucking brilliant. He's, he's, and, and you know what? He is like single-handedly carrying Real Madrid right now. Like that's ridiculous, Absolutely. but that's what's happening. That's what he's doing. Um, and so I'm just going to like wallow in my misery of like, fuck Real Madrid, but goddamn is Jude Bellingham fun to watch. So yeah, yeah. that's what I got. Sounds good. All right, anything else from these games? Inter beat Benefico 1-0. Bayern beat Copenhagen 2-1. Uh, no, Bayern, had to, what? Bayern had to come back in that game. They went down I, one nothing. I know, my team was beating them. Sad. Then my dad called me and was like, did you see the Bayern game? And I said no. But <laughs> I have an FC Copenhagen scarf hanging right next to my Arsenal scarf, so you've got to understand where they live in my heart. I understand. All right. Moving along. All right. PSV tied Sevilla 2-2. Atletico beat Feyenoord. Feyenoord, yeah. Uh, 3-2. And oh, I um, actually did. Actually, now that you mentioned I actually did watch a chunk of that game. Uh, Griezmann yeah. scored a really, really brilliant goal um, that I believe was the game winner. It was like uh, it was really nice. I it was really looks, nice. I can confirm it was in fact not the game winner. Oh, okay. <laughs> good job. They might have tied it up. They might have been down. I don't remember. Anyway, they it was really. Goal. It was, good. It was really nice. In the forty fifth plus three minute, and then they scored in the forty seventh to make it three, and then there was no more goals in the game. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. Antwerp oh, lost to Donetsk three two. Young boys and Shrevna Zvivdeva. Zvivda. Sorry. Red Star. That's Red that's Red Star Belgrade. Oh yeah, no shit. Sorry. I like am very this is really small on my screen. It's two blah tied two two. Dortmund and Milan, AC Milan, tied zero zero. Um and then the hilariousness of the next score. Do you know what it is? What can you guess which which game makes me cackle? No, I'm sorry, I'm trying to merge, so I am not. I zone out for a second. I'll let you finish your safety of driving. No, 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 you're good. What was the what's the score that's making you cackle? Uh, 4 1 Newcastle over PSG. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
here's a fucking brilliant thing about that one. Uh, I was listening to ESPN FC today. Um, listen to Craig Burley. And Craig Burley called Mbappe in this game a waste of space. <laughs> That's kind of insane. I'd also like to point out that Newcastle is currently top of this group. So what the fuck is going on there? But who knows? Um, yeah, it's not a great, uh, it's not a great descriptor for Mbappe. I didn't watch this game. I meant to watch the highlights before doing this, but then I got distracted. So, uh, from what I heard, from what I heard, uh, PSG was kind of playing some weird kind of situation where they basically had a front four and no midfield, um, and they didn't, and they didn't really, um, um, they didn't really like do much to like they they the problem being that like Mbappe and Co and like and Dembele and the rest of them don't really um they don't do any defending so they don't like they do no they're lazy they don't do any defending so Kyrian Trippier um basically had like the time of his life up and down that flank um basically is from what from what I understand um from from what I heard, at least. Yeah, well, um, I'm going to probably the... watch the highlights of this game because I'm going to just find it entertaining. Um, so that will be my plan. Um, other than that, Lazio beat Celtic 2-1. Barcelona beat Porto 1-0. They did have a red card. Yeah. <laughs> There's Gabby. That one, um, the, uh, the Barcelona game was actually a little bit controversial because Porto had two penalty kicks given that were then overturned um, fascinating one of which i believe they called back because there was a foul or a handball or something in the build-up to the play and then i forget i mean the second one maybe just wasn't called it like it was reviewed and just not called a pk I'm, i don't remember but uh, there were two instances of porto and the yes. guys that i was listening to on espn fc uh seemed to think that they perhaps should have been penalty kicks yeah, this okay, so I'm just looking at the timeline that's here. Um there was one in the 80th minute. It says no penalty overturned. There's no debating that it was a handball by Cancelo, though it happened inside. Oh, it happened just in front of the 18-yard line. Um oh, and then the other guy also handled it. So then it was a Barcelona free kick. That seems sketchy, maybe. Um and the other one, uh, I don't know when the other one was. I can't find the other one right now, but yeah, it seems like there was some questionable, a couple questionable yeah. calls. Moral of the story um, being, Barcelona gets the result, but there was a little bit of, a uh, little bit of nerviness there. Um, I believe Lewandowski also came off injured. Yes, that um, is And Fred Torres, who scored who scored Barcelona's lone goal, uh, is who came on to replace him. Yes. Um, yep, that sounds about right. Um, I will speak briefly on Arsenal, and then you can speak briefly on City, and then we will be done. Um, Arsenal lost to Lons? Lons? I don't know. My French is losing. I'm losing my mind. Um, 2-1 away from home. I don't know. I didn't watch this game and I haven't really seen anything on it because I've been so freaking busy, but 
I just don't think we showed up. I think we went there and thought we were just going to be able to win. And then like they turned up and had the fans and they just beat us is the vibe that I'm getting. The vibe is also that Gabriel Jesus, who scored our goal, was like the only one who actually came to play. So I'm not really sure if we just kind of came into this game a little bit half asleep. Arteta did play some subs, but not everyone. And uh, I don't know if this would have changed the game, but Saka got injured and went off in like the 30th-ish minute. Um Actually, maybe before that. Um, and he's. I think it was 34. Oh, look at me. That was pretty good on my part, I would like to say, considering I only watched the highlights of this game. I would just like to point that out. Um, yeah, and he's now probably pretty in doubt for our game against C. I was saying this to Kat beforehand. Um, honestly, I would have liked him not to play in this game. He had a little bit of a knock at the end of the weekend. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I mean, like, we should have been able to win this game with or without Saka. The fact we lost it and we played him and he got injured is just, like, annoying. Um, I don't think this is, like, a point to worry for Arsenal. I think it's actually, I don't know, just, like, a fair bit of warning to them that, yes, you still have to turn up. You are in the Champions League. These teams are all good. You can't, like, yeah. half play a game in the midweek. Um, so yeah. just a little bit of a wake up call. I, I'm not super worried considering we looked good over the weekend. Um, so I, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not super concerned, but I mean, I, we're gonna have to win our next Champions League game, like a little bit of a bump back from this. Um, and obviously, I don't know, Arteta, I think, needs to start playing some more subs at times because we should be able to win this game without subs, you know, or with subs, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, I didn't really watch any of it, so I can't really judge like how he played, but I assume we played the same as we always do. So those are my thoughts. I don't know. What about City? All right. Yeah, so uh, City beat Leipzig uh, 3-1. This was much more what we've come to expect from City. Uh, They were in Leipzig. Last year, they played uh, Leipzig and tied... Uh, 1-1 in Leipzig before beating them 7-0 at home. Um, This was, I think, a a really good example of what I discussed earlier in the sort of like control versus creativity players. Um, Because we had essentially uh, Graylish started, uh, Bernardo Silva also started. And what we saw was a really methodical, controlled first half where City really wore their opposition down. Uh, Foden scored a brilliant goal um, in the first half he was playing in that little tucked in spot that number 10 role right behind Holland which is my favorite place that little pocket um, right behind the striker is my favorite place to see Phil Foden play I think he's so nasty there Um, he scored a lovely little goal Um, Rico Lewis was sort of playing uh, Rodri was allowed to play in this game though he is still suspended in the league but um, Rodri uh, Rico Lewis was playing kind of alongside Rodri maybe a little bit in front of him kind of a sort of hybrid 8-6 role um not unlike what we saw Gunduan play uh, in previous years. And I think uh, he, he was the man of the match. Rico Lewis was the best player of the game. But yeah. uh, it was 1-1, and then City made their creative, brought their creative players on. So, like, Doku came on, uh, you know, sort of Julian Alvarez came off the bench, um, and those were their two goal scorers. Julian Alvarez scored an ass. This, this guy scores only bangers. It's literally bangers only. He's like the fucking Katie McCabe. He's the Katie McCabe of men's football. Like, he only scores bangers. Like, it, it was a fucking ridiculous. It's, like, under his feet. Like, he has no room to do anything. It's, like, in between his feet, and he rips this thing, like, 
pearls at top corner. It's an absolute fucking beauty. Um, and then Doku scored like right at the death, basically to make it three one. But what I really liked about this performance is that sort of return to the control. And what I really like about the the Doku being able to sub in for Graylish is that Graylish spends sixty minutes just annoying the shit out of his defender, right? exhausting him and sort of the control players when they play the first 60 minutes the control players just have the other team exhausted because they're chasing ghosts for 60 minutes and then when you've exhausted the other team then you bring on the creative guys who will just blast the shit out of you then like doku can come on and just like run at the guy who's already exhausted and pissed off because jack Raylish has been you know chattering in his ear for 60 minutes and you know that's been run ragged by phil foden and all of that kind of and and, and Bernardo Silva, and they've been chasing shadows. And then you bring on those those sort of creative guys to just fuck shit up and score goals at the end of games. And I that is, I think, the best way to make use of Graylish and Doku. Because there's been a lot of talk of, oh, who's better? Doku is better than Graylish. He should play over him. Blah, 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 blah. Which is all stupid because they serve very different purposes. Raylish is a control possession guy. He's going to frustrate the hell out of the other team. He's going to maintain possession. He's going to maintain control. He might go forward. He might come back. He's just going to keep the game or keep the ball with City. Where Doku is going to be explosive. He's going to run forward. He's going to take on the defender. He's going to, you know, he's quick. He's, he's you know, electric. He's all that kind of fun stuff. And when you combine him for the last 30 minutes of the game after the outside back has been you know ground into the ground by Jack Graylish then then who's going to stop him and I just think that's the best combo use of their time and sort of their their respective talents and I was just very pleased with the performance overall um from City fantastic um I actually don't know when our next Champions League games are let me look because we do have an international break coming up soon in like a week or two. Oh no. Um, yeah, we don't have Champions League games for a couple of weeks until October twenty fourth. So um just a heads up. So we have a couple weeks. A little bit. Taking a little bit of a break. Um, um I don't think I think the only thing to really preview would be uh the City Arsenal game this weekend. I don't have a ton uh really to say about it. I think it's really a toss up. I don't really know what's gonna happen at all. Um yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I think I think honestly it'll depend on who's healthy for Arsenal. Um and who's it at? Is it is it who's at home? Uh, who's the home team? I know? think it's I think it's at Arsenal, but I'm oh, not 100% okay. sure. If it's at Arsenal, I think that I don't know if that I, I I think that gives us a better chance than if it was at City. Um Yeah, I just don't know. It really depends on like what Arsenal team I think shows up. Uh and I think that we will we will see. Um, yeah, um, I'm a little. I'm always a little bit bummed that you know. I'm obviously bummed generally that Kevin De Bruyne um, is not able to play, but I'm particularly bummed about it because he loves playing Arsenal. He loves playing Arsenal. Um, yes, so always a bummer to miss I was miss playing. him. Yeah, you know so. But I, I really have no idea. I think it really could go either way. I think you're right. I think it being at the Emirates definitely, definitely uh, gives Arsenal a little bit of a boost. Um, but I think you're right. It all it kind of depends on who's available, how they show up. I think it also really depends on who plays for City. Do they play uh, creative or control? Um, and when do they switch? And what do they do? And if they, how do they do? I don't really know. We'll see. 
Yep, so we have no idea, but I guess we'll have to figure that one out as as we go. Um, that's all we've got. Anything else? No, I don't think so. All righty. Well, we will talk to you next week. Um, and, you know, talk to you guys soon. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.